You are now listening to the Big Two Podcast. Play that beautiful intro music. Can't understand why people demand I gotta pick just one. What in the shop I've got two dobs, mighty clan of super sons. One pod has the goal to just want it all and don't care what the people do. Marvel and DC are both written for me. Listen to the Big Two. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Big Two Podcast, where we discuss Marvel and DC books. I'd like to introduce our mild-mannered reporter, but she's definitely not one of those who needs spell check. Her name is <laughs> Chanel Ward. How's it going, Chanel? Hey, Joey. I like that. Mild-mannered. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not so much mild-mannered since the last episode we had. You were... Yeah, we had more bleeps than we had hope, right? Let's see if we can get that down to at least half this time. Yeah, I don't think that's mild-mannered enough, right? <laughs> spicy, spicy manner. There you go. <laughs> In this episode, we're going to be discussing some great books. We're going to start off with Superman Year One, number two. Uh, I had I had some mixed feelings about this one, Chanel. Um, I was I, I was wondering what your first impressions were with this book. Uh, you know, you know that I actually really liked the first one, and I I really liked the second one too. I just can't help it. I just loved the writing. I kind of am a sucker for the the whole kind of poeticness behind it. And I know it kind of is okay. like, get, get going with it already, but uh-huh. I kind of enjoyed it. And you know, it took me on a good journey and I just, I love the big book and the beautiful colors. And I just, it's just had my attention. It really does. Awesome. Yeah. I will get into it here in a little bit about what I thought about it. I think I'm a little bit more of the opposite of what you're thinking here. So we'll get into That's that good. one a little I bit more. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> and then the, the next book we're going to be talking about is Absolute Carnage versus Deadpool. And this one actually surprised me. I don't really read too many, much uh, Deadpool titles, but but okay. man, this one was such a good read. I was like, I was actually surprised. It went by quick. Yes, uh, it and, did. And I don't think it was as important as, as Absolute Carnage number one. Uh, but but it it was actually it surprised me. Agreed. Of all of these uh, uh, little absolute carnage tie-ins with the scream and the separation anxiety and all these things that are coming out, I think that Carnage and Deadpool's uh, one of my favorites. It's only going to be a three piece, so I'm really excited to see where they're going to take the next two. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've actually got a uh, small theory that I want to shoot at you here a little in the episode about Absolute Carnage here. Uh, so we'll talk about that here in a little bit. And then once we're done with Absolute Carnage versus Deadpool, we're going to have our discussion about variants and how they can be a little overwhelming with uh, with all this crazy stuff going on. Actually, I'm I'm actually interested in this topic. This was actually your pick this week. Yes. And it was because of all of the stuff Marvel, everything that was coming out literally had like two dozen variants with it. And I was just freaking out. Yeah, it it can get a little overwhelming sometimes. Absolutely. And then we're going to finish the episode out with our last two books. And we're going to be talking about Powers of Ten. And man, am I enjoying Hickman's X-Men titles right now. I'm so excited to discuss this one uh, with you. What were your first impressions on this one? Of course, I'm always, I'm just super impressed by all of this. It's like, it is it's beyond they've created their own language they've created their own everything they got star trek up on a <laughs> yeah and i have I've, i this is one of the ones that was my favorite and i dove 
deep into this one. I got a I got a doozy for you. I got some stuff to talk to you about that one when we, once we get into it. Right. And then uh, lastly, we're going to be t- discussing Black Mass, You're the Villain, number one. And I got to tell you, this one left me wanting more. Same. And I, are we going to get more? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, think, <sighs> I don't know if there's, we're clear on a part two or if there's anything coming down the line. I mean, I think there is, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm not quite sure, but the way they left it, it almost feels like there's something else coming. Yeah. There has to be. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. Me too. Good, good choices. All right, let's jump right into it. We are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. The Big Two is a spoiler podcast. You've been warned. All right, we're going to be talking about Superman Year One, Book Two. We got story and art by Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. Danny Mickey on inks, Alex Sinclair on the colors, John Workman letterer, John Romita Jr. and Danny Mickey and Alex Sinclair on the cover, and Frank Miller with Alex Sinclair on the variant cover. And of course, Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster by special arrangement with the Jerry Siegel family. In this issue, we open up with Clark Kent joining the Navy. And and we get the cliche full metal jacket officer screaming orders at the recruits. What is your major malfunction? As they are tasked with outrageous feats of strength building exercises. Then, as if the book wasn't already a little bit of an odd one, we follow Clark, who can somehow breathe underwater, and he frolics with mermaids. He falls in (laughs) love with Lori, daughter of Poseidon, the king of what John Romita Jr. and Frank Miller are calling Atlantis. And don't get me started here on the uh, insinuated ancestral relationship between King and the princess. That was a little much. That that was a bit much. (laughs) And Clark is then discharged from the Navy and defeats not one, but two Krakens and wins the crown and the girl and lives happily ever after underwater. So what did you think about this one? A great synopsis. That that literally summed it up very well. <laughs> I like the fact that they mentioned Atlantis because uh-huh. I don't know I don't know if they're taking this into a Aquaman year one thing or if I don't know how what that has to and if it has nothing to do with anything, I'm okay with that too. I don't know if I'm just sold by the beautiful art. Yeah, but I okay. love the fact that he went the whole him and the navy and everything and trying to you know, uh, dumb down his powers. Uh Yeah. I just really enjoyed that very much. And he's just, you know, it's like, he is Superman. He's such a wholesome kid. He's still a kid and he still wants to have fun, but I think they did it right. I really enjoy it. What do you think? I know that you have a lot of conflicting (laughs) stuff, so I need to hear what you're being now. So, I mean, like I said, with the first book, I mean, I think me and you talked a little bit about it and, you really have to be a fan of John Romita Jr. and Frank Miller's artwork to get into their books. And this okay. one is definitely one of those ones for me because some of the some of the stuff, it was just like I couldn't really tell how old Clark was in some of the, the parts. Like the very first time that we actually see Clark here, he almost looks like he's still like a teenager, like how we left yeah. off. Or and and then once you get through the book, it feels like he's a little bit older. And then it jumps back and forth where you're like, okay, there's no really consistency on the way he looks. If he, if he's aged or if he's like a child, like 
that's the one thing that I, that I that that I had like a problem that I had with with the artwork. I mean, okay, they are artists, they are comic book artists, and I can't draw a lick. You know, if it could save yeah, my you life, yeah, ha- you have to be decent to get there. Like, yeah, I right. get what you're saying, but at the same time, this is this is artwork that that um, isn't really as pleasing as some artwork to the eye, especially nowadays when you have so much just crazy like realistic artwork, you know? So I know mm-hmm. that it's a, it's a very competitive thing. Yeah. And, and this whole, I, I don't know if I like the idea of this kind of Atlantis because they are very mermaid like, and they don't have legs. And I understand that this is probably what people would probably prefer a little bit more from, uh, from Atlanteans and, and things of that nature. But I just, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Okay, I, I see where you're coming from. I knew that this wouldn't be for everybody. I'm not sure how David will feel about it because, you know, my boyfriend is an old school uh-huh. comic reader. So I can't wait for him to crack open um, part one and two and see what yeah. he thinks about it. But um, because, you know, I'm a new comic reader, so I I just I love it. And there's only going to be one more coming. So it's like, how mm-hmm. are they going to end it? You know? And I like that they put him in the Navy. I thought that was adorable. <laughs> no, that, I think that was the one part that I liked a whole lot. The, the, that he was actually in the Navy and he kind of had to hold back, but you still kind of saw that he was the best at every single thing that he did. Uh, and his, you know, and he always had his dad reminding him to yeah. uh, not be a show off and to, you know, and I, I love, I think it's always good old, good morals with Superman. And I just really love that. And another thing too, is that like you say, the breathing underwater thing, I don't know much about Superman, but I don't think that he's ever been able to do that. So is that a new twist? I don't, I don't think I remember that. Yeah. I don't think I remember him being able to breathe underwater. I wonder if that, if they're going to, if, I don't know. I wonder if that has anything to do with where they're taking this, Uh but I'm I'm hoping so. so otherwise it was kind of just nonsensical, right? So right, okay. So this one felt a little off. Like every time that I read it, I was like, okay, are they going to give me something from what they gave me in the in the first issue? Right. I I kept I kept thinking, okay, this okay, I understand that this is their style and this is their art form. I understand all that, right? But uh it it felt like this could have been a one-shot kind of a thing. And then number one was a was a complete separate story as well. Like these could have been two different stories. Yeah, it's almost like they're doing. Oh, so they did his adolescence, then they did his young adulthood. Now we're gonna get Clark Kent, Superman. Like you know, is that how it's going to? I think play yeah, out. Yeah, but but we're supposed to kind of like read between books. Like there's oh. a whole piece missing in between book one and book two that we need to kind of like there's it, it just felt like there's something missing when I was reading this one. You may, you may be onto something, you know, however, uh, is it a black label? Is it a DC black label? Yes, it is. Okay. So, you know, I, every time I see a DC black label, I'm always wondering what, what the heck do they have up their sleeve? You know? So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is just the, you know, tip of the iceberg to a lot more. So yeah, I'm yeah, very I, curious to know too. But I, I actually really enjoy it, and I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind another three. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that I did like was the whole navy aspect of it because you got that one part when they're kind of like this black ops kind of uh, mission. They have to go onto this this boat and uh, and uh, take down these pirates, and and that whole scene was actually really well done. I I liked it a whole lot. You see Clark yes. here. 
he holds onto a grenade and it blows up in his hand. And I mean, I was like, dude, you know, everybody's going to see you doing this. He tries to lie and say it's a dud too. Yeah. And I, and I don't think anyone finds him suspicious except for the very end. And another thing uh-huh. too, I know that the, um, his, so that must be like, you know, his, the guy who yells at him all the time. That's his, his superior. Upper, yeah. Yeah. His superior. Um, I don't know. Cause I know that he gives him great advice and I know that he's, Seems like he's friendly with him, but when he's walking away into the water, I don't know. I felt like almost like he was like uh, plotting or something. uh, There was something off with him there. Yeah. It almost made me feel like, are we going to see more of him? Is this the reason why we're kind of seeing this story here? And, and, And the fact that Superman being kicked out of the Navy, I mean, you know, that's insane. But I think that's awesome because it's realistic. And it's like the greatest people that ever done a sport, they always fail in the beginning, you know? And it's the fact yeah. that they don't give up, that they become supermen of what they're doing. So, I mean, I like all of that underdog stuff. That I like that a lot because they could have kept him in the Navy. They could have gave him every single medal that there was. But no, instead, he was overall breaker for the right uh-huh. reasons, you know? Yeah. So I, I really like that. I love me some Superman. Yeah. <laughs> but how about how how did you feel about the portion where he was actually underwater and he was fighting for the love of his life here? <laughs> well, you know, so I'm thinking, okay, he's young. You know, he he left his girlfriend behind who he loved so much that he was going to come back for who I thought was like Lois Lane, right? But she's just another yeah. Lane. So, yeah, he's young and he just <laughs> falls in love easy. But yeah, the whole underwater <laughs> thing was very weird for me too. I thought that it was going to go somewhere. It didn't lead anywhere. So I'm waiting for book three. If book three doesn't explain anything, then I'm going to agree with you and jump on board. Okay, but until then, I'm going to give it a freaking chance. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I thought it was a little weird. Um and then they and then they went and like insinuated some weird ancestral relationship. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just <laughs> I when I read that I was like, did I just read that? Like, yeah, right. Did, are you kidding me? Like he's not really thinking. He's like, because he said he said you're gonna be you're gonna uh, take over the duties of your mother, all of the duties or something it, it, like yeah, that. It, yeah, I, I was like, oh my gosh, did you? And then you read on, and they like they like they yeah, for sure, yeah. There, it's there's no there's it's straight to the chase. He wants to do his daughter. What are you gonna do? You know, that's so, so wrong. It's very that's wrong. wrong. But you know, so like, I I'm thinking, so I'm thinking, why would they add this? You know, like what this yeah, is going us. But right. then I'm thinking, okay, so this is Atlantis. This is old old times, and I know that when you go back way back in the day, I mean, like that's what they did. You know, so I'm thinking maybe is that how it goes in Atlantis? But it doesn't seem like everyone's on board with it. So yeah, they do mention that her dad went mad that he went crazy. So maybe that was his insanity and that was them showing us just how much he snapped. Yeah. And, but, but we didn't see any of that kind of progression. We just, right. see we weren't him even just, introduced. I know. Yeah, I know. We weren't introduced. We weren't, weren't told. It was just like, boom, Hey, he's mad. He's yeah, like, he, you're he right. Mad. There and were like, some what? parts that were very rushed. I agree. And then there were other parts that were so drawn out that they didn't have to be. Yeah. Like there was some parts in the Navy part that they could have probably like, like, like tightened up a little bit better Correct. and given us a little bit more of this Atlantis story. Um, I, I think that this book is definitely, if I can land anything down with this book, I think inconsistency is probably one of the things that I could say about it. Um, I mean, but again, I'm always going to say, you know, they are making a living doing this stuff. Right. I'm not, you know what I mean? I just read it and talk about it. Right, right. <laughs> so, but, you know, so they're doing something right. 
Um, there's it's just, an audience there for sure. Yeah, there's definitely an audience for this. Um, and that's fine because sometimes you read books and you don't like them and that's okay. You're right. Um, it's okay to like books and it's okay not to like books. This one has to be, this one's one of those ones that I'm going to say, this is on my pile of, I don't like very much. Okay. Um, did you feel the same way with part one of it? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I, I, okay. I did. Yeah, uh, that was also drawn one, out too. One. Yeah, there, I, that I, that one took me a little bit longer to actually read. It took me a few days because it was just it was just so rough to get into, and I couldn't really like concentrate on on and grasping what it was. Like I, I think I told you about this one. I was like, I got, I, I told you that I read the first two pages and I was like, I'm already not liking it. <laughs> yeah, you did. You said that about the second one too. And the f- crazy thing is, and I don't know the exact opposite. Both of the books, I read them all the way through right away. I just really enjoyed mm-hmm. them. So yeah. yeah, there you go. That's crazy. Uh, that's interesting yeah, because, because we usually agree on a lot of things. So I think this is the first time, I mean, we haven't been doing this forever or anything, but this is definitely we the have first talked time a lot we about, disagree. Yeah. yeah. Good. And, I like that. <laughs> it's good to have opposition in all things, right? Yes, absolutely. And you actually swayed me in a, in a few of your points there, though. I do agree with you in some of those areas. So, yes, I do agree. But no, I, and, I, I, and I, I love wanna... the big books that Damned and Superman 1 did. I really like reading the big books uh-huh. like that. Yeah, the what are they are they calling it like prestige format or something like that? Have you been have uh, you they, bought my magazine covers for them or do you have them loose? Like um, uh bag and boards. Oh, you know, uh, I got it from from uh, Kevin at Collector's Choice Comics and and he already pre-bags and boards them. Oh, oh, wow. Go ahead. I go to Mile High Comics and they do not do that. <laughs> oh, really? But okay. I do get a discount on all of the on all of the supplies. Oh, nice. For being That's a nice awesome. member, yeah. So that it ends up working out. But yes, That's I really make cool. sh- I made sure to buy me a few of those uh, bag and boards. I didn't know that there were going to be any that fit, but yeah, there sure are. <laughs> I want to address you. You said that in in the beginning of when we talked about this, you said something about poetic. Uh, um, is, is are you are you talking about how they double talked? <laughs> well, okay, so poetry? <laughs> well, so what I like about it is that it's just like a lot of like uh, like yeah, so double talking in a sense, you know. But when I read it, I like it just draws me in more, and I can kind of feel it, you know. I get what they're saying. I get what the okay. double talking is because when I when I ever write creative writingly, and I don't know if maybe it's it's boring to people, uh-huh. but when I write in double. It's really to emphasize on something. They do okay. do it a bit much, and they do sometimes, it a lot. sometimes I was wondering what are they trying to emphasize here. But mm-hmm. a few times I did get it. But yes, I agree. They oversaturated. Yeah, it's like was... it's like uh, they exploded a bomb of it onto the page. <laughs> yeah, there was some portions in this where where I was like, okay, that works there. But right. they they kind of overdid it a little bit. Yes, yeah, they I, did. I would have I would have liked it a lot. Um, you know, they they had it and then they didn't have it. But yeah. I just really enjoyed the writing, and I just I do like the art, so I must be a Romita fan. Yeah, Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. Um, definitely. Yeah, I mean, they, there is definitely a fan base out there. Um, let's see if I, number three. Let's see if number three can pull it all together, and you know, see if it changes your mind a bit. And who yeah, knows? It might. It might end up just changing my mind and making me hate it all. So, number three. <laughs> I feel like number three is the deal breaker here. Yeah, there we go. I think I think that's a good one. The the rule of threes, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. I think. Uh, do you have anything else to talk about this one? Um, no, I do not. I like. Uh, I like how his hair was breaking all the clippers. Oh, that was cute. <laughs> yeah. I maybe that's, that's maybe funny. this is a girl. Maybe girls will appreciate this comic a little bit more just because it's kind of like cutesy, you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We, we don't get no, we don't get no war. We don't get no good fights. That's for sure. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm just wondering where they're going with this. I'm Same. still, I'm still wondering what's going on. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Absolute Carnage versus Deadpool. Absolute Carnage versus DP. Writer, Frank Thierry. Penciler, Marcelo Ferreira. Inker, (laughs) sorry out there, Marcelo. Inker, Roberto Poggi. Color artist, Rachel Rosenberg. Letterer, VCs, Joe Sabino, cover artists, Tyler Kirkham and Arif Prianto. And then you have variant cover artists, Dan Ponassian, Pasquale Ferry, and Chris Sotomayor, Clayton Crane, Rob Leafield, and Romulo Fajardo. For logo design, you have Adam Del Rey. Assistant editor is Lindsay Kohick. Editor is Jake Thomas. Editor-in-Chief, C.B. Sebulski. Chief Creative Officer, Joe Quisada. Executive Producer, Alan Fine. And finally, you have the President, Dan Buckley. Did I leave anybody out? (laughs) No, no, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, once again, virtually every bad guy that Spider-Man has one time or the other defeated is chasing the Merc with the foot in his mouth, Deadpool, while the unsuspecting <laughs> Spidey is hiding it out of there, all while trying to figure out why. Come to find out, this was a lovely pool boy gift to Spidey for his very merry unbirthday party. <laughs> of course, DP doesn't actually know Spidey's B-Day because he doesn't actually know his identity. Thus, the horrible guest list, which he also blames Spidey's hidden identity for. Spidey, being the great dude that he is, grabs DP in what DP refers to as a me, Tarzan, you, Jane hold and swings them out of harm's way. As Peter Parker's mustachio cigar-smoking editor-in-chief, J. Jonah Jameson, sits all alone at Spidey's B-Day with a party hat and all. Of course, another one of DP's middle fingers. The clan of crimes then de- descends to a nearby pizza shop to terrorize and probably eat the place out of business. <laughs> while the rhino, the only one to actually bring a gift, leaves it behind in a sad sort of way. <laughs> At this time, Spidey totally breaks up with Deadpool and refuses to ever see him again until he gets a team of people to help him. Not just a person, a team of people <laughs> um, with his, you know, his slipping sanity. So... And while DP doesn't get the hint until weeks of being ignored, a forcible restraining order later, <laughs> he finally takes his advice and shows up to the Ravencroft Institute for the Criminally Insane, adorned in the very rhino hood he left behind for Spidey. Hilarious. You can even tell that he's been wearing it for a while, too. The letters are wore off, which makes it even more funny because he's probably just been sad thinking of Spidey wearing this freaking gift. <laughs> That's funny. And and uh, to make it even more hilarious, it's adorned with the rhinoceros hood on the top. Perfect DP, am I right? One, yeah, this one was good. <laughs> one cold reception welcome later. We are led to the cult of carnage in the middle of their plan for the coming of their god. DP interrupts their plan of world domination while assuming it's a part of some sort of immersive hands-on therapy since, you know, he's new at all of this. And he's new at not only therapy, but the carnage cult. He makes a run for the kitchen of the nuthouse just as they are about to host, screaming the whole way through. Being the mastermind killing some symbiotes that he is, he unloads two microwaves filled with sparkling metal silverware. The suicide stunt turned into a straight-up burning man of the century, and Deadpool makes his escape. 
James then, the Carnage werewolf who we finally meet in this version of Carnage, starts nearing death by the hands of the Carnage leader. And his plea for life is actually works because he brings up unicorns. And we all know how much Deadpool loves unicorns, making the symbiote <laughs> leader thinking about DP's spine cortex ability. He uh, supposedly it withstood last four symbiotes that hosted on him and the success that it had. So DP, the rare unicorn he is, is the perfect hopes for perfect host for absolute carnage and domination. The unsuspecting pool boy thinks he is off scot-free as he exits the gates of the insane asylum singing Disco Inferno in his rhino merch. And now the hunt is on for the unicorn spinal cortex of Wade. And the fuel to that search is pure hatred for the Merc with the mouth in his merch for the Clarence Shell. The end. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. That is like, that's perfect. Now we don't have to talk about it. No, just kidding. Right? No, I'm not even joking. I was, I was like, let me just... Get it all out there. <laughs> I was excited for this one, as you could tell. I, I literally didn't know what to leave out. I was like, if I leave anything out, it's doing justice, justice, justice to the comic. Yeah, so it's this one actually surprised me. Like I said, I don't really read too much Deadpool, but this one was so funny. I was actually <laughs> laughing out loud. Like I was literally laughing. My wife leaned over and told me, she's like, can you keep it down? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But yeah, man, it was so funny, um, especially the part where it's like you you see all all the rogues there, you know, see Spider-Man's rogues gallery and they're running from me. He's like, you know, it's your birthday. I got all your friends. It's like, these are not my friends. Yeah. Total, total Deadpool. <laughs> I, I read a lot of Deadpool. So, you know, because of that reason, he's just hilarious. You know, if you write Deadpool right, you can really just. Just stick it all the way through. Yeah, that I think that would be really, really hard to write for Deadpool. Oh yeah, you have to be funny. I mean, Ryan Reynolds to just write for Deadpool. He is Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, you know, every time now that I read a Deadpool book, you I hear, hear his him? voice. Yeah. Me too. Isn't it's that horrible. funny? That's horrible. He ruined. He ruined it for me. No, just kidding. I know, right? He made it. He made it so much better for me. I just love Deadpool. Deadpool is one of my top favorites. Um, not I, it's the weirdest thing. He's not in like my top five of like favorite heroes or anything like that. But his comedy and his comics are definitely in my top five. It's the it's the weirdest relationship. <laughs> That's hilarious. So you really um, like this one? Did you happen to get the Lee Field connecting cover, or did you get just the regular? No, I got. I I think I got the variant cover. I don't yeah, know I think yeah, which I, one did, it is. Oh, it is the Lee Field. Uh huh. Yeah, and you know, yeah. so there's the other two that come out are going to connect with it. So I really hope I can get. Those oh really? I'm a sucker for. That's connecting cool. covers. Yeah, you are. You definitely that's your that's your thing. You really love connecting covers. I can't help it. It's just so weird and it's like what am I going to do with them? Line them all up on my wall? It's never, you know, they're just <laughs> sitting in a box, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, put them in a put them in a frame and connect them all together in one really cool frame and it'd be pretty cool. I thought about it, really. <laughs> but yeah, this one was actually really good. Um so Carnage is after Everybody who is uh, who has worn the a symbiote at one time, right? Because because they have this codex in their DNA, and because every time that somebody wears a symbiote, a little piece of the symbiote wraps around their DNA because he wants to grab all these codex out of people's DNA so that he can bring back null, right? Yeah, they were they were actually hosting on on corpses. And that's oh, really? the first. In, yeah, in because, this book? I did not uh, catch that. 
Okay, so I, I don't know. I'm reading so many carnages. Oh my goodness, because I read car- separation anxiety and like, you okay. know all of these different ones. So I don't know if it was a separation scream or this one, but there was okay. one of them where they make us very very smooth, uh, like two pages about a dead. It's a it's a corpse being hosted on, and I know that they need to have living corpses or you know hosts. So I uh-huh. wonder what that's about or how that's happening. Yeah, I wonder if that's how they are getting this this codex. Um, I, I haven't. This is only the second one I, I've, I've read because I'm. I, there's so many different uh, books that are tied into this that it's just so much to keep up with. And, and that's um, totally going to lead into our conversation about overwhelming variants. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. And that's that's what this is. You know, they're doing the same thing over at DC with Year of the Villain, and we're going to be talking oh, about one of the books goodness. today. But I man, know. I I you can't keep up with these tie-ins sometimes. You know, it's, no. it's really difficult sometimes. But it really is. I chose. You know, I'm I'm going to pick and choose the the carnage books actually in fact today as we record we, we we've already had the new comic book day and i picked up number two yes, and uh and then a miles morales uh deadpool i uh, miles morales carnage and and i'm gonna read those ones but i'm gonna pick and choose out of the ones that i really like because i can't I don't really blame keep you. up there's so much there's, I do there's not just blame too you. much yeah it, it is a lot and like look at me now i just I'm already confused on where I saw the freaking corpse one. So yeah, you're right. It's becoming a lot. And I think it's a good idea to uh, pick. I, I I mean, so far I have grabbed, I've grabbed every single one, I believe. Even the Miles Morales. What other ones came out today? Yeah. I can't really remember. Um, there was but yeah, I picked ones, yeah. up. There was a lot today. I think I think I'm just gonna wait and talk to you and have you fill me in on the parts that I don't know about. So yeah, I got you <laughs> because I got you because back, if I if I pick up all the Carnage books, I can't buy any other books that we're gonna talk about for the show. So yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, so I'm just I'm just gonna have to stick to buying the books that we talk about. So <laughs> so are you going to pick up more Deadpool material after this? Um, you, you know what? Maybe at least if uh if you still got who's the writer on this one? If we still got Frank uh, Thierry writing on Deadpool, I think I'll pick his books up because I, I think he was re- he he wrote a really good Deadpool. Yes, I I uh, most read most Deadpool's that I've read. I haven't read very many, but the ones that I have read, I get them in trade paperback. So I have like a big okay. volume one. So I'm sure it's various artists and I, the, every single one of those is just really good. Some of the art, like you say, isn't, isn't like super great, especially uh, uh-huh. compared to some of it. But the writing is always solid and it's always funny and it always will make you laugh out loud. Yeah, you got to give it to the pencilers, the eakers and the colorists on this one because they did a really good job. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. But yeah, this this is definitely a good one. I am ex- excited uh, to talk about Carnage. Actually, now that we're on the, the Carnage topic, I've got I've got a theory here. Okay. So I was in the shop at, at talking to uh to Chin Potter. And he is he's an artist uh that lives in the area and he uh he does some comic books and stuff like that. And he was in the Shout shop. Shout out Chin Potter. Yeah, and and he me and him were talking and this is one of those moments where you know you have a really great comic book shop discussions, right? So we were talking about it and I picked up one of the Carnage books and he was like, I've got a, I've got a theory. And if you want, you can, you can throw it on your podcast and whatever. I was like, he's like, you just use it or what? I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I shout out to you and, 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 uh, but this is his theory. So I guess in the past, Eddie Brock had a girlfriend or a wife who, uh, wore the symbiote as well, wore the Venom symbiote. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And I believe her name was Anne. Anne Waning or something. I I forget. I'm off the top of my head. Um, But anyway, she wore the symbiote. And because they shared the the Venom symbiote, she became impregnated. And she wasn't, she was impregnated because, because they had kind of, they, they, um, they didn't have intercourse, but they shared the symbiote. So that's how she became pregnant. Oh, wow. He thinks, and he says that Noel, his weakness is light. And he, you know, likened that to light means life. And he thinks because the symbiote gave life to this child, which is Dylan in the first Absolute Carnage book that was running around with, with Eddie Brock and uh, saying that he, right, he thinks, right, he that thinks he's my brother. Um so and he when he said because that's the name of the son that it was back in uh, I think in the nineties that this book came out really and, um, and that's the same name same kid so uh, he's thinking that they're going to be using this and he's going to be a big huge key in what happens here at, and when we when this book is done and when this when this tie in is done oh that's awesome because they and totally did they just be, they did leave the kid just like they didn't tell us anymore about him he had a big story he, mm-hmm. you know yeah that's freaking genius whoever that whoever you are chin you need to just go start writing for marvel because well i'm freaking blown away by that theory he does he, he you guys should check him out chin potter his uh i think it's uh sinpotter.com i think it is um he's got some great stuff out there you guys want to commission stuff he do, he got he's does some really great artwork um he actually uh, if you keep a lookout for pretty soon, the uh, Monster Comics, uh, they have a T-shirt that they're going to be coming out, and he commissioned the the logo for. It, oh for it. so wow! That's going to be really cool. Yeah, so Shout he's, out he's to a really Monster cool guy. Comics. Yeah, yeah, and uh, one of my favorites. He's really cool. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, well, please send me um, send me a link to his page if you can, if you remember. I, I definitely will. I will. I'll send you a link to his page. I'll put, I'll even put it on all of our social media and all that good stuff. Awesome. But yeah, that that was a really cool theory. Um, I didn't really re- read a lot of uh, of of uh, that stuff in the '90s, um, but he he did, and he he said, you know, everybody who's read Venom in the '90s, they know they know this, and they can probably put two and two together. So, oh my goodness, I really have to tell David about that because he's the '90s reader, you know. Yeah, I'm sure he probably, if he did, thought about it, he probably wait. Hey, that's right. That's probably what's going to happen here. So, I I mean, I wish he wasn't so busy. I've been trying to force him to read stuff because he can give me some knowledge, you know. But I I haven't been able to steal them from him. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna message him today on on Facebook, and uh, I was like, well, I'll, that's awesome. I'll talk to him later. <laughs> I want to see if I can commission him to uh to uh make us an outro theme song. Oh, he would love that. Yeah, and message him anytime. Yeah, he would love that. I'll let him yeah, know. Yeah, I think I thought I'll, about that today. I'll uh, text you his number. Awesome, awesome. All right. Do you have anything else to talk about this? Um, shoot. I you know I did have so much to say, but I. I'll, I'll leave it at where it is because All I right. think that was a good ending. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to what's on your mind. Okay. So this is the topic that I chose, overwhelming variants. So not only is it just the variants and the various artists that come along and want to make because of uh-huh. course artists love stuff just like we do and of course they want to be a part of absolute carnage and of course they want to be a part of marvel 1000 i get it but 
for someone yeah. like me who is a comic collector and a reader, I literally can go broke just trying to get a number <laughs> one of something, you know? Right. My yeah. goodness. I was talking to my friend Chris and he is uh, one of the hosts on the Professor Frenzy show. And we were talking a little bit about the same thing today. And we were talking about how, how hard it is to get some of these books right now. Like you, you, like last week you were talking about, you couldn't get a Lois Lane number one. Right. And there's other books that like, you couldn't get some of the house of X and the powers of 10 and things of that nature. He says that that every time that house of X and powers of 10 come out, his shop and he gets there pretty early. His shop is already sold out by the time they even open. It it goes to all the coolest guys. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the and pull then, list guys, and I still don't get the variant. Yeah, some of them don't like. I had the issue with one of my, um, with one of my books. I got, I, I asked for the, the, the cover, the, the regular covers, and I got a variant cover because they ran out of, uh, regular covers. Oh, well, that's happened to me so, too. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not complaining. It's a variant cover, right? So right, right. <laughs> but but still, things like that happen a lot, and it's really hard to. to Nowadays, like when you got all these keys and all these, all these, uh, crazy variants and all that stuff, it's overwhelming right now. It is. And then, like you said, too, and not beside variant, just going on top of like all these different versions of uh, Absolute Carnage Scream. Like you said, there, like you said, there's so many that you don't, you're going to have to pick and choose which ones you're going to keep on top of. Uh, the, a yeah, good thing tie-ins. about that, though, right. But a good thing is that a lot of the tie ins are only three three issues. So it won't be so overwhelming, but still it yeah. doesn't make it any less overwhelming. Yeah. You're, you're going to go into the shop and you're going to go broke because you're spending like 50 bucks in one day. Yeah. You got to turn around the next week and do the same. And then, and um, then you have to buy a, a short box every, uh, <laughs> you know, geez, every, every other month. <laughs> I actually got a new short box today too. So I was very happy about it. And I have a, I got a powers to 10 one. Nice. Nice. That's really, really excited. Cool. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's becoming really overwhelming, but I mean, it's, it's good though, right? Because you go back a handful of years and there wasn't really too much going on with, with uh, all this kind of stuff. People were just, people were really hungry for something like this. And now that we got all these great titles and great uh, books coming going on right now, man, I think for the last three to four weeks, comic books were booming. Oh Yeah. I mean, every Wednesday is like crazy. Like Wednesdays, I'm like, dang, I know I'm going to come home with probably like a dozen books. <laughs> and I won't, and I, and that's me cutting it down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hi. Yeah, I, I, I definitely overspent this, <laughs> this last Wednesday. I actually found a, uh, another comic shop that just opened up in November. So they're just going to be open just for the one year and a couple of months here. Oh, wow. And, like and a pop-up shop? It. No, it's an actual, it's an actual comic shop. Oh, wow. Um, but they just opened up last in the last November. So just shy of a year. And I went in there, talked to the owner and his wife and, and man, they're really cool. I, and I, I went in there and I had to buy something because I was like, this is awesome. I want to contribute to them somehow. And yeah. I walked out of there. I walked out of there. Okay. I really want, I, I hope that my wife doesn't listen this long <laughs> because I spent, I spent like 20, 30 bucks in there and I only bought like three books. Oh, easy, right? <laughs> like, and it was because I, I got because you uh, got a Mar- Marvel, Marvel one thousand, Marvel one thousand, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which one did you happen to get? I got the one that had the like the like the hodgepodge cover. Hodgepodge. Um, I actually lucked out because when I got it off my pull list, the one that they pulled for me happened to be the one with the Thanos holding the glove one thousand one. So, oh, that's I'm, cool. Yeah, yeah, so I'm like, yeah, 
They had some really cool old school covers. Like that that's that's the thing. Marvel 1000 has so much. You know what I mean? There were so many covers out there. I wonder and who's was, ever had the most number one variants. Like it has to be between them and Absolute Carnage. Or no, mm-hmm. Absolute Carnage didn't have that many. Who had a ton recently? Just a ton of them. I know House of X had a ton of variants. Vampirella had an outrageous. Oh, Vampirella of was on another level. I I couldn't even keep <laughs> up. I didn't even know all the hype. I'm like, okay, I'm too new for all this. I better just stay in my lane. Yeah. So if you if you grab Vampirella number one, and at the back of the the book, there's they it showed every single variant that was out there. And there, I don't, I can't remember. I I had the number in my head a few weeks back, but it had to have been like over twenty five thirty. Wow. Do you think I I think I think maybe Marvel Marvel 1000 may beat that because I I have not it's like limitless. I have not even come oh, to yeah. an end point of how many there are. Wow, that's interesting. Like every I got... every time I turn around there's a new Marvel 1000. I they're kind of starting to do that with Spawn too. I understand Spawn 300 uh-huh. to be a big deal, but yeah, I hope they don't. Soon. But I, okay, good. I didn't miss it. <laughs> No, no, it's coming up in in the next. Uh, as we record this, it'll be the next week. Oh, good. Thank you for telling me because you know I <laughs> I tend to skip over all the indie stuff, not because I mean to, but because once I'm done uh, adding Marvel and DC to my pull list, it's like I can't even look at the other stuff, you know. But I got to keep yeah, up on yeah. my spawn. Yeah, I I I did not intend on getting. Spawn 300, but I think now <laughs> I think I'm going to be, I'm going to get in the hype and I'm going to actually buy it myself. <laughs> so Did like, you get the two ninety nine ninety eight? No, I wanted to get the whole bunch because, because Kevin had, uh, Kevin at Collector's Choice Comics, he has a bundle going on, bundle sale going on. And I'm a part of his, like his little secret group on Facebook. Nice. So we even, we even got a, like an even better incentive deal than what they have on their website. Oh, how awesome. And I passed it up. I was oh, like, I, no. I, I was like, I'm like kicking myself. Like, should I, I, I should have I gotten it? Like I could probably st- like right now I could probably still get it. You, but, um, and you know not. what you're going <laughs> to, you're going to regret it. You know, I, I have, I had to kick myself in the butt moment too, because the other night when I found out Kit Harrington was going to be playing, Black Knight, I went on to eBay and I found the five <laughs> Black Knights for $11. And I was like, I, I was tired, didn't want to get up, turn the light on, all that, uh-huh. in bed. So I just added it to my cart. And then the next morning when I woke up at six in the morning, before uh-huh. I even get out of bed, I get up and I go and it's gone. So I'm like, oh, oh where no. is it? It's sold. And I'm looking and I can't find any for under $30. And then I'm talking to yeah. one comic. So I went to my... I uh, went to Mile High Comics, and luckily, I actually scored, got all five of them, even the variant, oh, for less nice. than I would have then. So, yeah, but see, I got. That's stop. cool. I have good yeah. instincts about these things. Like you, like I gotta get that because it's gonna be something. And then I say, oh no, yeah. and then next thing you know, it blows up, and then I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, man, those 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 Eternal books right now are probably they're hot right now. But there's been so many different hot books right now. Speaking and, of overwhelming variants, I think all the people they casted for Eternals is going to be overwhelming freaking casting, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Jeez. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I've I've never really read an Eternal book before. Me either. Um, 
but that, so that's going to be a new one for me. I, I think I might actually go, I might go on to Comixology and probably purchase a couple of different books just to at least read them and, and see what's and get into it at least. I was thinking the same thing. My comic book store is doing a Labor Day sale and they have 40% yeah. off their trade paperback. So I think I'll go pick up yeah. a couple yeah. Eternals TPBs and catch up. Yeah, there's 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 going to be a ton of great sales this weekend, and I already spent up all my money that I could at a shop. Oh man, me too, Joey. We got we we <laughs> gotta come up with another hustle just to get these comics. Hey, if <laughs> if Marvel and DC, if you hear if you're out there and you're listening, endorse us, send us some things. We want to talk <laughs> about you guys. Right, right. <laughs> all right, all right. You got anything else to talk about? Um, no, no. Is there anything you want to add, though, about overwhelming variants? Are you on the no, same page think, with all that? We, I'm on the same page. I think we talk all about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Powers of Ten. <laughs> Powers of Ten, you got Jonathan Hickman as the writer, R.B. Silva, artist. Marte Garcia, color artist. VCs, Clayton Cowles, letterer. Tom Mueller, design. RB Silva and Marte Garcia, cover artist. Mike Huddleston, Mabudasar, and David Cruel. Dustin Weaver, Bengal, John Tyler, Christopher, Scotty Young, all on variant covers. And we got Annalise Bisa, assistant editor. Jordan D. White, editor. C.B. Sabolski, editor-in-chief. Joe Casada, chief creative officer. Dan Buckley, president, and Alan Fine, executive producer. And X-Men was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. (laughs) In this issue, we see a group of zealots from the Church of Ascendancy blasting a baby in the face as the priest speaks of change and rejecting your humanity. That was actually crazy. I don't know why that that freaked me out on that one. I was actually holding my my baby as I read that. I was like, what the heck's going on here? (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Nimrod searches his database for possible discrepancies after the X-Men stole data. The X-Men, knowing that what they seek resides in a stronghold, they create a distraction. While one group breaks into the Church of Ascendancy's little powwow, the other breaks into the machine's data stores in search of Nimrod's origin files. With the help of Krakoa, they find the files. Nimrod blows Wolverine to pieces. Well, not really. He just he just gets burnt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he quickly heals. Rasputin and the church team fight until the machines and sentinels show up where Zorn is hurt, but Rasputin threatens to unleash a singularity hidden behind Zorn's mask. In the data vault, Apocalypse sends Wolverine off with the files and to lick his wounds. Apocalypse and Nimrod fight to what we're to assume is certain death for the big blue meanie. Meanwhile, Wolverine wakes Moira from a stasis and inserts the files into her chest and kills her, leaving her to reincarnate with the knowledge they needed to defeat Nimrod. This one is so jam-packed full of knowledge, Chanel, that I had to read it multiple times and I actually had to do some research. You're not alone here. (laughs) So what did you think about this one? So you know that um, these are a bit difficult for me. Okay. I, I... I'm more of a fun reader. These are intense. Oh, man. So 
they take me a lot and a lot and a lot and I read them over and over. But once I finally get it, it's like reading Homer. <laughs> you don't get it. When you're a hundred pages through and you finally get the language, you have to start it all over. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's basically what it is. I, I, I did the same thing. I had to uh, go back and forth and I actually was like, well, what the heck does this mean? I actually went online and kind of looked it up, read other people's reviews and then I read multiple reviews and, and many other things and I actually went on to um, uh, all kinds of different things on Marvel about this and and finally I kind of gathered enough information from all those different sources to kind of gather my own thoughts about it. So oh, what, is your, what, do you, what did you gather? Okay, so I have some notes here. Okay, number one, the zealots burning off that baby's face was creepy. <laughs> like, what the heck are they doing? Are they burning off the baby's face or are they like changing it into a machine? Like, what are they doing there, honestly? Well, I, um, I thought that they were uh, terminating it, like not it, but like turning it into the Terminator. <laughs> yes, <yeah>, something. <laughs> that was a weird choice of words. Sorry. <laughs> so, okay. One thing that I wanted to know here, what the heck is a terminal apocalypse seed? Did right. you read that part? Yes, I and I and I have a theory, but you know, I don't know okay. what the heck they meant. And it wasn't clarified either. No, no. Okay. So what's your theory on that one? So I'm assuming so plants are life. Okay. You know, you plant a seed, it brings life, but you plant this this terminator seed and it it destroys life. Okay. Yeah, because he he took this seed and he's a pacifist. And it made him kind of, he says, uh, I ate a terminal apocalypse seed to overcome my genetic predisposition to nonviolence. So this seed kind of, you know, makes you crazy and go and violent. Oh, <laughs> that was okay. really interesting. Um, so, you know, these are only going to be six comics each and we're halfway there right yeah and yeah. they're and they're jam packing us with all of this language all of this information and it's like but we only have three six more comics to go like you know how much more can how how much can this all mean if it's uh -huh. not going to be like a long like what they're what they're setting up for is almost like a a thousand series comic you know yeah so i was thinking about this okay you know all those white pages there with all that information that they have yes it's almost like you know watching a movie for the first time and then you got to go back and watch the movie again and then you catch more things uh the yes, second time of around course. absolutely game of thrones is that to me i could watch that like for and never see it the same twice yeah, and I think that's what this book's going to be for me. Like, I'm going to go back and read. And this would probably be a really good one to read in trade so that you can read it over, like, yes, through absolutely. and kind of see what they're going. Like, I'm definitely probably going to pick this one in trade so that Speaking I can. Speaking of it. trade, I wonder if it'll be um, House of X, Powers of 10, or if it's going to be one when they're going to mix book. them in the reading I order. Really I really hope that it would be in reading order, but so would probably, I. But probably not. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, another thing about it too is I don't think I've been more eager to get to the end of a comic, not because it's boring or yeah. anything like that, just because I I'm like so intrigued to know what what it all means, Basil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. So so do you think that apocalypse is dead? I do not. I think that apocalypse is. I don't know where, but he, he's all over, you know, he's, yeah. his conscious is not dead. Another, another thing that I, that I was thinking too, because Wolverine kind of stabs Moira there at the end so that she can reincarnate. But at the other 
part of town, the other part where where the where the other team is uh, breaking up the church's little party, they they let uh they open up a black hole. Yeah, you know that's what a singularity is. They open up a black hole there. So is that black hole gonna engulf the whole planet? You know, and are and they all the seed, dead now? And is the seed gonna somehow like you know? Yeah, I know, right? Yes. So that's that's another thing that I was thinking about. But then, then okay, so. Obviously, he, you know, he puts the crystal, the information into her chest and he kills her so that she can take it back because she retains all of her memories and she takes it back to her next life. And and she can have that information so that she can help them get rid of Nimrod. Right. That's the whole reason they did this in, in, in the first place. Right. Right. Okay. So with one of these white pages here, if you go towards the back here. And it actually shows Moira's life cycle here. Right, I saw that. Do you do you see something missing there? And it's been missing from from uh, from the first time that they showed us the life cycle. I think this is actually the second time that they showed us. Uh huh. Do you see that there's miss- something missing? That like she gets ten lives or something like that, right? Uh huh. There's a missing life. What did you notice that? Uh, I didn't. There's one, two, three, four, five, and number six is missing, and then it goes to seven, eight, nine, and ten. Really, I didn't. I did not notice that. Yeah. So, where is the sixth life? What happened there? Because we went through the other book, and they told us about all these other books. I gotta read um, that other book that they were when they were talking about her, um, her lives, and kind of read it again and see if they talk about life six. Right. Um, and I don't I remember them mentioning um, like I don't remember them going into every single life either, though. No, they they kind of they kind of gave us a, a handful of tidbits about some of them. That but was my the favorite is, part of this whole entire thing, though. By the way, is is her being reincarnated and having the same knowledge? I yeah. really loved that. That's my favorite part of this whole entire saga. Yeah, but they give us this timeline, and you if you can go and read all the timelines and the things that happen there, and you're like, wow, this is really cool, and you kind of like get this own uh, your your own kind of uh, scenes play out in your head, you know. Um, I thought it was really cool. Definitely. But, Definitely. Okay. Uh, it's so, a it's a hard one though for me. Yeah. Okay. So here's one of the things that I was going to talk to you about. Okay. So you know, apocalypse, right? Yes. Anytime that Apocalypse is a part of an X-Men story, he has his four horsemen of the Apocalypse, right? He does. So when I was researching this and plenty of people were talking about it, so he has his four horsemen here as well. So mm-hmm. Wolverine would be war because he because in this book here, it actually shows the, the his four horsemen. Yes, it does. In the first and that's what war. that is, huh? I was wondering first, what that yeah. was, where Wolverine is war and everybody, all four. So those are his four horsemen. And that's so, very, yeah. that, that's something that Apocalypse has in all of different X-Men stories. Is that what you're saying? It's not It's not always the same uh, mutant, but he always has somebody in those positions. Oh, wow. Uh, because, I, I had no idea. Are, because war, death, pestilence, and famine, those are, the, the, those are always his four horsemen, but oh. different... Different uh, X, different X, some X Men and different mutants have been in those different positions. Um, oh wow! So, but in this one, he has Wolverine as War. Yes, and then he's got someone named. He's got Zorn as Death. Somebody named North as Pestilence, and Krakoa is Famine. So, you got you got Wolverine and Zorn. They're pure bloods. 
but pestilence is uh he the, he's he's uh got Lorna Dane, which is Polaris, uh, and Emma Frost DNA, and like Krakoa is obviously he he was he was the um, cipher he took over Cipher's body. So who is North? Because North isn't isn't mentioned in this book. Do you think that could be the sixth life? No. So who do we see in this book that they've never really mentioned by name in here? The tree guy. No, you see Magneto, right? You see Magneto oh, in here. Okay. So the theory is this actually isn't Magneto. The theory is that this is actually a a mutant here that was that had DNA from uh, Polaris and Emma Frost, and he's made to look like Magneto? Question <laughs> mark. So that's wow. So I thought that was really interesting when I read that, and I was like, whoa. So North is the Magneto looking X Men in this one. Oh, uh, not that's for sure. That's not theory. It, it, I'm thinking it's it's it is, but again, um, like last time you and I remember how we were like, oh, Krakoa is cipher, and they actually say it here. Yes. They actually say yep. that Krakoa is Krakoa, Krakoa cipher. is cipher. Uh-huh. So me and you theorized that 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 was him, right? I'm wondering if if uh, this is actually this is the Magneto and this is North or whatever. That's who they're saying this is. So if if the four like war, death, pestilence, famine are his um, are apocalypse's you know four horsemen uh-huh. or whatever, then the Silobel Rasputin, they're the mother. So who's the mother? So I'm getting that's per- thank you. That's like a perfect segue here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. So, <laughs> so Kylo Bell, Rasputin, Cardinal, and Percival, they are a mirrored four horsemen. Ooh. So Apocalypse. And so mother so, is a Apocalypse's opposite. Yes. So wow. But who who could that be? And and they call her Akaba here. Akaba. Oh. So. I was looking here, and in those small print, yeah, right here, where under Akaba, where it says uh, stasis and rise, there mother, you go. stasis. Is, like, who is in stasis right now? Who is it? So Wolverine took somebody out of stasis. He took Moira out of stasis. So mother, so you think- mother, Akaba is. Moira and she birth she's birthing herself I don't no, I don't think she's birthing themselves but she is she's so okay apocalypse is kind of the she's, father she's figure more. here of the four horsemen and she's the mother of the four horsemen they're just saying that they're the mirrored um you know horsemen of here so that's genius that is genius and then if you look here you put that together like a straight up detective like I was look I had to I had to research it and I was looking through it all and I was like what the heck does and I saw that stasis and I said stasis uh, Moira's in stasis I you know that out of all this is the first time I even noticed that there was this small writing on the side of these books yeah, and you know what I did after I saw that I went through all my House of X and and Powers of Ten books, and I looked and I read uh-huh. every single little little uh, thing. So that's they're all different. Um, yeah, they're they're all different. You have to read them all, and they all kind of pertain to what's going on in those pages. So you really ha- you oh, really wow. have to read them all. Um, it's super interesting. So, so what I'm starting to realize is the only way that we're going to figure this book out is we literally got to get like a detective and put strings all over a map <laughs> on the wall with pictures of people who we think, and that's going to be madness. That's exactly what it is. And this is why I love this series. 
that's because it's like it gets you into it and you have to actually do some research like i had like i had put the baby down for a nap and i brought out all my books and i brought out my computer and i had all my house of x and powers of tens books opened up to different pages and looking through it, writing down, down things, typing stuff up and, and, and researching different, different sites and, and things like that. And I was like, I have to do this. I have to get my head around this and figure this out. You did. You totally are onto something. I mean, I don't I, think I'm, I could have gotten that much clarity. I can't, I can't give myself credit. Other people have had the same theories and had the same thing. So I just, I just still found it along with them. So I'm not going to give myself right. complete credit. Um, but, <laughs> but you did go looking for the information and you did, like I said, put all the strings together on the yeah, wall and right. you know, that, that right there, that takes some dedication. And I'm really glad that you were the one to synopsis these ones and talk about these <laughs> ones because I don't even know what I would have been able to yeah, say. Yeah, this one, this one was so good. It, it excited me. I'm ready for the next one. I can't, I can't, I, this is, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, this is probably my pick of the week. Um. So before we get to next week, this is your pick of the week. Oh, I'm probably going to be, this is probably going to be my pick of the week. Yeah. I think, that, I think. Uh, last week it was powers was your pick of the week again. <laughs> so I think I think there's a pattern yeah. here. I wonder if you're gonna. I think I think you're gonna pick these every I'm week. Probably. <laughs> okay. So yes. All right. Yeah. We're getting close. We're halfway done with powers and house. Yeah. So that's that's kind of scary. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. It's really good. All right. That's all I got this week on this book. <laughs> that was that's insane though. Um. So oh, before we get to next week, I'm gonna reread all of them yeah, again. Check it out. And I'm gonna try to see with now that I have fresh eyes and all of this information if I can if I can bring something to the table. Yeah, because next time, because next time we're gonna be talking about House of X. So or House of Yeah. Yay! And I, I like House more than really? Powers. I know that they're the same thing. I really do. Well, the, yeah, the books are going. They go together very well. So. Yeah, they do. They're awesome. So yeah, I can't wait to see how the TPP is gonna be. I'm excited yeah, super for that excited. one. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Year of the Villain Black Mask number one. Okay, so Year of the Villain, Black Mask One, The Evolution of Evil. You have writer Tom Taylor, artist Coley Hamner, colorist Dave Stewart, letterer Wes Abbott, cover artist Mitch Gerrards, group editor Jamie S. Rich, and then you have editor Rob Levin. Synopsis for Black Mask and Looks Can Kill. Start scene. A young boy runs eagerly to his mother, awaiting him in his luxurious mansion. And what is Gotham then? Upon first impression, we are meant to believe it's a young Bruce Wayne, or at least I thought as much, but a pre-Wayne Alley Bruce, of course. However, we are <laughs> met instead with another young boy, a boy who already has the busted up faith and a curiosity of a normal kid rather than one of his stature. This young boy's name is Roman. We quickly learn Roman's family's wealth comes from his parents being the face of Janus Cosmetics. And after a swift backhand to the face by his father for absolutely nothing at all, his mom quickly <laughs> covers up his father's mess with makeup, claiming that he shouldn't have hit him in the face right before company. <laughs> As if this weren't enough to create at the very least a bully and an early animal abuser, <laughs> Roman has to compare to the young Bruce Wayne, who is the exact opposite of Roman in almost every way. The masks into the story pretty early on um, as a collection of young Romans, something that Bruce finds interesting, but not relatable, not yet. 
As Roman irritably goes in about Bruce's perfections and his sweet smile, he himself is brought to a deviant smile, not because Bruce is contagious, but because the anguish and disappearance of that trillion-dollar smile that followed his parents' tragic murder sparked a light in Roman. The same light that brought him to murder his parents by burning down their mansion in a fiery rage years later. And that continued to burn and rage within him. This, of course, is all a retelling of his own life that the now black mask is forcing upon one of his bank robbery victims at gunpoint during the heist. And this black mask is like a black red skull or just black skull, if you will, uh, that we learn his mask was carved from the father's casket brooding. (laughs) His plans go south and he is left to improvise. So he, his friendly ghost pal Luther, and Luther's little booster gold-looking mechanical beetle in which he genie lamps it from, (laughs) boom and kaboom their way out of there. Luther wants to change Roman's face and give him empire. He can take care of his voice and appearance, but Roman still needs to get a set of eyes and fingers. One of the police officers that barely got away with her life at the bank robbery, Renee, is one in what seems to be a romantic relationship with Kate, who is also the Batwoman. Renee goes to warn her detective buddy of the threat to find that he is actually the black mask wearing his face. The detectives, that is. He shoots Renee, nearly killing her until her shiro saves her just in time and chases after the black mask only to lose him. Little did she know that he quickly changed his face from what looks like the absorption from his fingertips. Then he escapes his newfound identity to a newfound country in search of a newfound life, which Roman always wanted for as long as he could remember. Melbourne, Australia. Now, is this the end? And that's what I got. Super interesting. Yes. So how did you, how did you like this one? So this one, this one actually surprised me. When I read it, I, I read the first couple of pages and I was like, uh, okay, all right. And then, and then we flipped the page and he's actually telling this to a guy <laughs> who he's got at gunpoint. And I was like, oh, okay. This is actually getting pretty exciting. And then, and right from there, the action doesn't stop, right? The only time that it stops is a little bit is, is when you are in the, uh, in the presence of, of Batwoman here. She kills it. No, just kidding. <laughs> but, but, uh, but she, um, but it's, it's a really good story though. It, um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I really liked seeing that, how they, they, uh, gave us his backstory and they didn't drown it out. They didn't drown it out to half the whole book. It was just a couple of pages and it was really done very well. Yeah, it um, was it was super action packed. That's for sure. Like you say, once the action started, it almost didn't end. And I really like that because there are comics that go, I mean, series into origins. And I don't mind that either. Uh-huh. But is Black Mask a known character or is this? An, a, yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah, okay? he's, he's a known character. Yes. He's okay. been around for a while. Okay, good. Because I didn't know if this was... Because are are any of the Year of the Villain characters just like new characters? Or are they all characters that have already been around? I think they're they're all they're all characters okay. that are still there. Okay, they, because I've been around a, for a while. As a new reader, I was thinking this was DC's way of introducing characters because I've never heard of like the event Leviathan. Uh, the head of Leviathan was uh, Rachel Ghoul's uh, daughter. So I don't know exactly who... That is ahead of it right now. I haven't really been keeping up on those books, so mm, that's my fault. <laughs> no, no, I actually I have them all, but I haven't been keeping up on them either. It's just because the variants are so cool that I've gotten every yeah. variant mm-hmm. that's come out, but I haven't read them either. So I, 
I'm with you there, man. But I do want to yeah. <laughs> see what it's about. I'm very intrigued, especially now knowing. I mean, you know, it's funny to me because when they're when they try to introduce new characters, I'm not so eager to hop on board. But when it's uh-huh. a character, now that I know that it's a character that's been around, I'm more eager to crack it open. So, yeah, he's this is actually he uh, a really cool take. Um, I I like how how he had that quick change. Uh, that really threw me off. I was like, "Whoa, wait!" Like he changed his face again really quickly. Right. So that was really interesting. Um, I really like that the, his origin story kind of kind of is very similar to what I've heard about his origin story before. He he kind of he um his mask is made out of his his parents' coffin and all oh, that kind of cool. stuff. I love I love um, when they don't change things so much. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and his family was always uh, a, a rich family, but he was not like he was always kind of like an outcast of the rich family because it was just they weren't the Waynes, you know what I mean? So and, and so, it kind of um, looks like that. Is he, has he always kind of looked like a red, like a black red skull? Yeah, he's always kind of looked like that. Yeah. Okay. Um. So when I I didn't know what the book was when I was at the comic shop, I probably uh-huh. wouldn't even have bought it. But when I the first page that I opened was the page where he's standing there with the black red skull face, and I thought this was red skull chain or something to do with red skull. So I was like, oh, I'm getting it. But I'm not disappointed <laughs> at all. I'm glad that I yeah. did. I can see how you how you can how, you, how that can look. But yeah, this is really cool. Like he's he's taking the face of this person who is this of this of this uh big huge uh corporate business and he he's gonna tr- take it all over again right try to yeah. get back of him and and do it right this time but then Batwoman and montoya they you know stop him and then now he's gonna do it again with somebody else here which is crazy cool the way he does it because he takes on their face and he kind of sneaks in there and out this book actually makes him feel like he's actually a whole lot smarter than I actually seen in other books that he was involved in. Oh, cool. So he was always kind of this bumbling kind of, uh, uh, like mess. screw up, yeah, yeah, kind of. He, he would I mean, screw they kind up. of imply the that. They, him. they yeah. kind of implied in the beginning too, because that's what he says. Is he's I'm not going back to jail. So he's already yeah. he's already messed up, already been in jail, yeah. you know. So he maybe has already been a bumbling fool, and then kind of learned from those mistakes, and he's starting to be less green. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's really awesome, and it's very interesting to see. Uh, I don't know. Is is that what they're implying? Is that Batgirl and then that's her girlfriend? They're in a lesbian couple. Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah, she. she um, so. And yes, you know, I, lo- um, I love woman. gay love. So I just <laughs> I've been waiting for that. I know they have America Chavez, and she's the Latina, and she's gay. So I'm all about mm-hmm. that. So I kind of like when they introduce it to the more mainstream because I think it's mm-hmm. time, you know. But Batgirl's not gay, was she in previous Bat comics? Woman. Yeah, Bat this woman. Is Batwoman. Oh, Batwoman. Yeah, Batwoman. She is. She's all. She has always been. Um, yeah, she has always been gay. Oh, she has? Yeah. I had no yeah. idea. That's awesome. I'm yeah, picking so, up some Batwoman. <laughs> this book was really good. It surprised the heck out of me. I didn't, really? Uh, yeah, it, it did. It surprised the heck out of me. I didn't think I was going to like it too much because it, it's one of these tie-ins, these Year of the Villain tie-ins, and I haven't really been keeping up on it. But actually... Um, if all of the Year of the Villain tie-ins are like this, right? um, it, this almost feels like a one-shot, but uh, like a, I, I don't know if they're going to have a, I mean, the way they ended it. With the question feels like mark? It's, yeah, the way they ended it, it feels like it's going to be an ongoing, but um, 
If this is an ongoing, I'm definitely on board to pick this up and continue reading. Me too. And if the end, if it's any indication how any of the other year of the villains are, then I might have to go back and pick up some of those as well. Yeah, I was actually thinking the same thing. All right, you got anything else? I actually did want to say, so does his, the, yeah. so when he implied he had to get new fingers and a new set of eyes, is it because the fingers of like, cause when he was walking away, um, uh-huh. it looked like the face was changing through the absorption of his fingers. Do you know if that has anything to do with it? Cause I went back and I couldn't see if they mentioned anything like that. I'm, I'm not quite sure about that. I don't, I've never read anything else about, um, the black mask, um, I really, I could really couldn't tell you. I'm the wrong person to to, to ask that question. That's I know cool. it seems, I know it seems horrible because I, I I'm on a podcast. No, we're not we're in this together, stuff, man. Whatever. Hey, like viewer, I said, viewers out there, please, if you have any hunches, <laughs> any ideas, any answers, leave them yeah. in the comments below. Yeah, but like I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm new, but not as new. You know what I mean? Because I just picked back up collecting within the last uh three or four years so um and then i collect before that i I collected when i was you know in high school so um i haven't been reading as much you know what i mean and i don't i'm i'm, I'm trying to get yeah, back you, into you it, missed so. a, you missed a good gap there that's how I david feels too he was yeah. a 90s reader he missed everything up until now so he's like he don't know what the heck i'm talking about yeah, I, I'm same here. <laughs> but then when he talks about all that old school stuff, I don't know what the heck he's talking about. So it's a lot of learning. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are we? Uh, are, are you? Uh, do you have anything else to say about this one? No, I think that's it. I'm. I'm just think I'm gonna have to go back and get some more Year of the Villains, man. That's for sure. Yeah, this one is definitely a good one. I would definitely pick it up again myself. All right. I think that is it. I think we're done. Oh, that went by fast, man. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, this is this was a good one. I I am excited. So, okay, what is your pick of the week? Okay, so my pick of the week. I mean, I'm a big Deadpool fan. You know, uh-huh. I have to say. But I, I know, and this is so controversial, but I just like Superman. I can't help it. Okay. I just can't help it. Okay. I think. I, and what about, I know, I know you're on powers, right? I think uh, out of the two this week, I think my number two would probably be. Uh, Black Mask. I think I'm going to say Black Mask. Yeah, I'm going to say Black Mask. And then obviously my number one is Powers of Ten. Uh, Powers of Ten every time that the these x-men books come out they blow me out of the stinking water i loved it so much because i I had to do that research and oh man that was so much fun uh figuring that stuff (laughs) out i just i loved it it was so cool um it was like i was like a kid in a candy shop You you intrigued me to want to go back and reread them all for yeah. sure because you gave me some pointers and information about it that I was just like totally in the dark about. Yeah, it was so cool. I'm so excited. Uh, so excited to talk about House of X next week. I think I'm going to steal that one. I'm going to take it now. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. All right. So again, Chanel, I appreciate you coming on and talking about these books with me again. I'm so excited. We got so much great feedback last uh, last time. Uh, one of my buddies, again, uh, my buddy Chris over at the Professor Fenzie Show, he just told me earlier today that you had some great perspective and he loves loves your 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 insight. Oh, 
Well, thank you so much, everybody. That that means a lot to me. You know, I did ask everyone to leave me cool points, you know, so <laughs> I hope I buttered them up a little. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I was really excited about that. Um, thank you so much, Joey. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. You're this welcome. is always the best part of the night. Yeah, man. We got to do it. We're definitely going to be doing this again. Um, so if you guys would like to find us, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just type in the Big Two Pod at Twitter. You'll find us there. Facebook at the Big Two Podcast. And then same thing at uh, on Instagram, the Big Two Podcast. We're all there. Check us out there. Uh, we'll be posting, throwing some pictures up there, talking about the cool stuff about comic books and all this stuff that's going out right now. Um, we'll be, I'll, I take pictures of my Wednesday pools. Um, Chanel's been taking pictures of us, so check, take a look over at our Instagram, all that cool stuff there. Again, if you guys are iTunes, Apple Pod, Podcast users, listeners, uh, leave us a review. We love five stars. Um, you know, we're excited to have you guys listen to this. I'm excited to have Chanel on, and it's pretty cool. This is really fun to do. It's an honor. Thank you so much, Joey. All right. I look forward to next week. Next time. Yes, we're gonna we be, got some good ones. We're going to be talking about some great, great books. All right. For right now, we will see you guys later. Have a good night. Peace out, everybody. How's it going? Joey here. At the end of each episode, I'm going to try and feature a new music artist. This episode, I'm going to go ahead and feature somebody that I stumbled across. It was really cool. This is definitely something that I am passionate about. I love this kind of music. It is that 80s vibe. It is Dark Danger, Survivor from the album Dark Passenger. If you guys want to check them out, you guys can go to www.facebook.com slash Dark Danger and you can find his music there. Have a fun time listening. I did. I did.